Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Test, test, test. Happy Thursday, everybody. That looks good. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm really happy to have you here. And you know, today's a special day. Today is opening day for baseball. Now, I know that while you're listening to this, it's not opening day. But it is opening day for baseball on the day that I'm recording this. So it's a good day. If You're probably wondering how everybody's doing. I, I just know you are. So I'm going to tell you. Uh, Red Sox are in a game delay. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Chicago Cubs. And uh, Philly beat, I can't remember who they beat. Who'd they play? Anyway, they won. That's the important thing. And uh, finally, on opening day 2021 for Major League Baseball, the New York Stankies lost... (laughs) <laughs> their first game. I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about you folks who follow me who might be listening from New York, who might be Yankees fans. Well, you know, I say it in, with uh, all affection. All affection, I, I make fun of the Yankees. You know, I'm a Red Sox fan, and uh, they've just been stinky for the past couple years. Really stinky. And the front office has just been making terrible, terrible decisions. So it's nice for me, as a Red Sox fan, to also have a, a National League team that I follow that I'm very proud of, the Phillies. Of course, they got Bryce Harper, and you know, he's the star player there. It's always interesting to see what he's going to do. But when I'm watching baseball, if the Red Sox are just <laughs> really disappointing me, I just switch over to the Phillies and uh, love to see what the Phillies are doing. I love to touch base with my adopted hometown there in Philadelphia. And see what's going on. Anyway, that's that's what I, uh, that's what's happening today. Uh, it's opening day of baseball, and it snowed here where I was at. And in fact, it snowed in Pittsburgh <laughs> before the the game. So that was interesting. Oh, well, I'm not going to bore you to death if you ain't uh, a baseball fan. But that's my sport: baseball and tennis. Really, the only two sports I care about. I actually loathe. American football. Cannot stand American football. And I hope that doesn't lose me any friends or anything. But, you know, we're all individuals. We all got our likes and dislikes. We've got a lot to talk about today. Like I said, I'm in the woods right now. So while you're listening to this, I'm not I'm not where you think I am. I'm somewhere deep in the mountains. Probably sipping Kentucky bourbon out of a flask next to a fire or you know, it's entirely possible that I'm running 
buck naked through the woods screaming at the top of my lungs because a bear's chasing me you just never know it's just who can predict the future so you imagine me doing whatever is most humorous to you or most entertaining and uh, you know you could be right i could be doing that thing i'm going to go with two buddies of mine two buddies who have never met my friend jeffrey and my friend lambert the one you always hear me talking about the one who made me laugh so hard on the school bus that i pooped my pants <laughs> that's true he, uh, he got me laughing so hard I went way beyond just peeing your pants I pooped my pants <laughs> uh, it's also his wife was the one that I was in his boat and we were coming around the the cove there and I figured she'd be all by herself on the beach and I pulled my pants down and mooned the beach <laughs> when the boat come around the corner it was like a whole congregation of people on the beach. Ay, <laughs> Long-term listeners. <laughs> I think, I think I told that story last year, uh, last summer. Anyway, long-term listeners will remember that story. So Lambert's going along, and he's a very long-time friend of mine. I've known him since. Uh, uh, let's see fourth grade fourth grade of grade school and um my other friend jeffrey who i've known since i was about about that same time more or less i've been friends with these guys all these years and these two have never met each other so they're going into the woods with me and we're just going to have a good old time i uh i'm looking forward to recording some orange slices out there while i'm in the forest i think that'll create a nice backdrop and a nice uh mood for some of the things i'd like to talk to you about if you're not uh, familiar with the orange slices this is a new free resource that i've been providing every day exclusively to the locals platform so i've got my social media site set up now not on facebook but on a platform called locals the easiest way to get there is just to go into your web browser and type in the last symptom dot locals l-o-c-a-l-s dot com if you do that it'll take you right to my community there on the locals platform but you know everybody's using apps these days and i'll be honest with you i did i prefer using an app and uh, so locals has an app you can just go on to the app store download the locals.com app and uh, search for the last symptom anyway orange slices are condensed video insights that i've been providing every day exclusively to that locals platform i hope you'll join us there we really we're getting a nice group there i think i'm going to talk about that a little bit more later in the show and um it's just a nice place to be it's not for everybody so if that's true for you then i have a education group available on the miwi platform again going to talk about this in a little bit so i don't want to go into it too much right now today's topics plural are going to be sort of a question and answer but we're just going to it's going to be a hodgepodge you know a, a casserole of various topics and um, i think you're going to find it interesting and diverse before we get into that, let me tell you about thelastsymptom.com. That's my website full of free resources. And, uh, you know, this 
weekly podcast is one of those free resources. If you didn't hear last week's episode about financial responsibility and you're somebody who has an emotional disorder and has struggled with finances as sort of a symptom of your emotional unhealth, please don't miss that episode. I put a lot of thought into it and there's just a lot of, I mean a ton of practical um, insights and suggestions in that show. I just got done listening to it myself. I wanted to make sure that it was okay. And it's just stellar. It's it's one of the better shows that The Last Symptom podcast has produced. TheLastSymptom.com offers some paid services. One of those paid services is a one-on-one phone conversation with me, as well as one-on-one Zoom video conferences with me. I also offer an intensive two-week special program called the last symptom fundamentals course basically it's every insight every fundamental insight and readjustment that i had to make in my own perceptions and attitudes and thinking in order to authentically recover from borderline personality disorder i swear to you (laughs) informationally it's it's so much better than anything else that's out there it really is it's better than dbt And why is that? It's because DBT focuses on the symptoms of borderline personality disorder, superficial approaches and tricks to get you through hard moments. And that's not what the Last Symptom Fundamentals course does. The Last Symptom Fundamentals course, its focus is to help you identify the root causes of these things and to eliminate them permanently. so that you don't have to live with a bag of superficial tricks. Well, I think I already mentioned the daily orange slices. These are the condensed video insights that are available in Locals. They're entirely free. Some are better than others. You know, uh, I'm warming up to them. I'm learning how to use that effectively and what topics and what subjects and what insights to provide in those orange slices to really improve people's lives, give you something to think about throughout the day. So there, there are some that are better than others, but um, I'm, I'm getting better at it all the time, and I appreciate you folks taking advantage of that. That resource is just something to make your health better. Let's get into today's topics. Um, one thing I've been wanting to straighten out with people is that you've heard me talk about not confronting your parents about the things that you're learning through the last symptom. So in other words, I've said, don't don't go and confront your parents. You're learning all these things. You're gaining all these new insights. Don't go running to your parents and saying, oh, you'll never believe I, these epiphanies I'm, I'm having. At the same time, I tell people that they're going to have to communicate boundaries, consequences, and conditions to their parents. So maybe you're wondering well which is it is Barnett telling me to talk to my parents or not well here's the answer when I tell you not to confront your parents about the things you're learning through the last symptom what I'm referring to is not going to them with these insights and revelations that you're having expecting that they're going to embrace them they're not going to they're going to reject them They're going to fly into denial. Uh, And the effect on this is going to be devastating on you. I know because I I made that mistake. I went to my parents 
when I started having these insights and realizing really just how unhealthy our family was and the damage that it had caused me and not just me but my brother my sister the one of the first things I did was I went to my family and I approached them with all these insights I was having and in my imagination I saw them just getting excited and embracing these things and being happy to emerge from the darkness of their of their ignorance that's not what happened and I'll tell you why you know parents are the cause <laughs> parents are the cause of the cause so the reason I had if I had borderline personality disorder before my recovery is because of my parents now how do you think a person's going to receive that sort of information hey dad man you got to hear this yeah i've been learning all these things it's just amazing you know i'm seeing the relationship between your attitudes and your behavior and my the damage that was caused to me they're not going to accept any of that in fact somebody told me years ago when i first started out in my denial i said what if my what if my father did accept these things and uh, the guy looked at me and he said he probably wouldn't be able to live with himself he probably wouldn't be able to live with himself that's what that's why the denial kicks in because a person would be devastated so denial kicks in and, and we've talked many times about what denial is it's any time that your feelings don't you don't like the way a thing makes you feel and so you deny it's a reality at all <laughs> right um, I used to do it with my father actually I used to deny, to deny that he was an abusive person because I love my, I love my father still but I saw anytime I would look back and think about my father in any kind of negative light it would just make me feel so terrible I I felt like it was a betrayal to think of my father in anything uh, so abusive and negative but we know that acceptance is the exact opposite of denial and acceptance is when you can look at a thing no matter how you feel about it no matter how you feel about it and see it for what it really is and that's eventually what I had to do in order to redefine the true nature of the relationship I had with my father and to see it for real rather than you know how my feelings wished it wished it could be so that's what I'm telling you not to do your parents are not gonna take the information you're learning here at the last symptom and receive it well why not because they're not involved in a self-improvement um, journey like you are you see on, by your own self-will by your own choice you have started down this road you're receptive you, your motives are the right types of motives you're, you're, you're self-initiated you're doing this for yourself you really want to know these answers they haven't started that journey so they don't want to know 
That means when you come up to them with information like, oh, look, Dad, look, Mom, you're the cause of uh, all the torture in my life, all the problems and losses and missed opportunities in my life. Look, look, Mom, look, Dad, it's a direct result of, of your unhealthy parenting. They're not going to receive that well. And people, this is just a human condition kind of thing, really. I mean, part of it is emotional unhealth, but really, in, in anything like that, human beings are just not prone to receiving things, information like that, that, that isn't like an attack. And they view it like an attack. Um, the reason why I can say things to you and you have and have you receive them well is because you're here by your own choice you know you ha- you're on this journey they're not so they're they're just not going to receive that well the result of them not receiving that well it's just going to devastate you it's going to knock the wind out of you it's going to disillusion you and you know you're going to lose your enthusiasm for a while because it's very very frustrating talking to somebody who just will not admit any responsibility whatsoever for a thing that has affected you so devastatingly. So it's just not worth it. Uh, Their recognizing their role in things is not necessary for your authentic recovery. It's necessary for their authentic recovery, but not your authentic recovery. The only thing that's necessary for your authentic recovery is you seeing the relationships between these things and coming to acceptance. That's it. And acceptance, again, it's just being able to look at the thing and say, no matter how I feel about it, that's just what it is. Now, this is much different than communicating boundaries, consequences, and conditions to your parents. You do have to communicate these things to them because they're not used to them. So when you're creating boundaries, remember that it's something that you create around yourself, not around other people. It's not a way to manipulate other people. It's a way to decide what your life is going to look like. So, for example, I can't, um, you know, a few episodes back, I was talking about how I can't control these bitter critics who want to harass me. I can tell them, you're not welcome to, to message me. And there are certain things I can do, for example, to block messages and that sort of thing but if a person is intent on getting through they will so I can't control other people I can't uh, make them choose not to send me messages but what I can do and this is the boundary I can say you're not welcome to communicate with me me anymore how do I enforce something like that it's very simple I don't have, you see, I don't have to prevent a person from emailing me in order to enforce that boundary. The only thing I got to do is choose not to read what they do send me. Do you see that? So I've enforced the boundary concretely. So that's what a boundary is. It's something we put around ourselves. We can't, it's not a method of controlling other people. Everybody gets that wrong. So the thing about boundaries is that it's not fair to create a boundary 
for people who aren't used to boundaries without communicating it and expect them to just know that the boundary's there, right? How are they supposed to know if they've never been used to having a boundary? You have to communicate it. So in that sense, you do have to communicate with your parents. Uh, in the other sense, as far as taking all the insights that you're gaining from the last symptom and running to your parents and saying, hey, this is just amazing, you know, it's going to change our lives. No, don't do that. Let it change your life and leave their life up to them. Uh, that way you won't become disillusioned. You'll save yourself from much frustration and pain and uh, continue making progress rather than uh, get disillusioned and fall into place and just uh, wither away there for a while. You know, I'm trying to save you from a real experience that I had. I went to my parents. The response I got back was not anything like I imagined. And it was, I can't tell you how frustrating it was. I mean, it was frustrating. At that time, I was so emotionally volatile that, I mean, when my parents went into denial over these things that were just so obvious, they're so obvious. The only way you can't see it is if literally you just don't want to see it. And that's, that's what happened. And because I was only two or three years into my recovery at that time, man, that experience really affected me poorly. I, uh, I have a crease. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I have a crease right above my nose, you know, where your, your brow is, that there's a permanent crease there now. You know, I'm a much happier person now, and yet that crease is still there. And do you know why? It's because I was, my, my brow was bent in disappointment and anger and pain for, for so long. So I walked around with my brow furrowed for so long during my recovery that it, there's now a permanent line there that was never there before. And that is a direct result of going to my parents expecting that they were just going to receive all this information with open arms, and they didn't. And man, it was painful. And it put me into a miserable state for a long time before I, again, come to accept that that's just what it is. So I'm trying to, to save you from, from that experience. Now, to those of you who listen for the first time, let me say that I don't know what's going on in your personal lives. Maybe your life is falling apart and you're scrambling for answers in order to keep it all together. Maybe you've tuned into the last symptom looking for answers for somebody you care about. Maybe you tuned into the last symptom because you're simply curious and want to know what it's all about. Well, not too long ago, the effects of living with unrecognized borderline personality disorder for the first 35 years of my life completely ruined the life that I had at that time. I lost many things that I cared about in the, in the process. I lost my wife. I lost my home. I lost my friends. Practically overnight, my life changed from one of relative comfort and stability 
to one of gloom and great uncertainty. And yet, while I look back at that experience with great regret, you know, I just come up on some uh, old pictures of my ex-wife Diana the other day, which I had forgotten I had uploaded to a, a website called Shutterfly. I did this a hundred years ago, and then just totally forgot it was there. And then I come across them again just the other day. I felt great sorrow, great sorrow. And I began to freshly miss all of those people that formed my life very, very much. I also look back to the experience, you know, this crisis, the great reckoning, as I think of it, as one of the most important and fortunate things to happen to me. You get that? Both, I view it with both regret and great pain, and at the same time, I view it as one of the most important and fortunate things to happen to me. As painful as it was, it was the only series of consequences that could have put me into the correct frame of mind necessary to approach my issues with a genuine, um, with genuine motives, with a, a true sense of sincerity. This is important. You might want to write this down. It was when I had nothing left to lose and nothing external left to gain. That was when I began to truly gain the insights that would lead to my authentic, full, and permanent recovery from emotional unhealth, from emotional disorder. For years now, I've enjoyed a type of inner contentment and peace that I once believed was utterly impossible. I no longer have to make white-knuckle attempts to control my feelings and behaviors. My feelings and my behaviors naturally become more healthy as I became more healthy and as my underlying perspectives on the nature of feelings, self, and life were brought into closer alignment with what is true and real. So if you're new to my work and you're caught in the heart of a tornado in your personal life, where can you start? Well, if you can afford it, I recommend you immediately enroll in The Last Symptom Fundamentals course. It's available at thelastsymptom.com. Of course, you may say, well, he's just uh, trying to rip me off, rip me out of my money. It's, that's not true. Uh, I'm trying to support my work and help you at the same time. But if you're not willing to do that yet, here's an option. Go through episodes of this podcast. So many insights. You know, I'm halfway through the third season. I do this every week. I've been doing this every week for three years. And you know, uh, unlike some programs where they, at the end of a season, they took they take several weeks off or even months off. I've never done that. It's been every week for three years. These shows are free. 
you should be listening to them. You should be taking advantage of them, taking notes. The Last Symptom Podcast, already halfway through its third season. Who, who would have thought that I'd have so much to talk about? But, you know, there's no end. There's Right now on the Notes app on my phone, I have a list of, I'm not kidding, 50 topics that I'm still trying to get around to addressing with you folks. It's just a matter of time and energy and timing, really. You know, uh, sometimes uh, after we've just discussed something the week prior, it's not the best time to go into a totally different topic that, you know, would be best served for you if you're going through these in order, you know, uh, six months down the road or something. So I have to time these things well. It's not like just because I want to talk about something I can. My interest is in it, uh, in introducing you to various topics at the right time for you. So I am constantly factoring these things in. Now, if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, what you're going to notice is that you can't access, you cannot access the earliest episodes of this show. And maybe you want to start at the beginning. What you need to do is you got to listen on Podbean. Because Podbean is the service that I use to syndicate the show. In other words, I use Podbean. And Podbean sources it out to all the, the other platforms that you folks listen to it on. On Apple Podcasts, for example, once you get so many episodes in, it starts to push out the early episodes. So there's only so many that you can access from like Spotify or Apple Podcasts at one time. If you want to hear the earliest shows, however, what you can do is you can listen on Podbean. You can do that by downloading the Podbean app. Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And uh, in that way, you can listen to the earliest episodes of this show. But if you don't like Podbean, you can you can just listen to the you know the episodes that are available on the platform of your preference. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere these days, except on to I'm I'm not on the uh, I'm not on the old dried up and tired abusive platforms like Facebook and those things. If you're not going to listen in order, what's another good way to listen to this show? Well, you you can explore the topics of each episode and listen to the ones that just catch your attention. As I mentioned earlier, you should take advantage of the free article library at thelastsymptom.com. Now, what's the most important takeaway from, from The Last Symptom in my work? It's this. It's that I once had borderline personality disorder. I once had an emotional disorder. And affecting my life as deeply as, as anybody ever has. And now I really don't. That is important. <laughs> because you've got so many voices out there telling you that uh, the best you can hope for is to manage symptoms, to learn some coping strategies, right? Well, I wasn't satisfied with that. And I don't want you to be satisfied with that either. So if you can listen to this show 
where you can get to know my work a little bit better and you can come to trust that I really did have the this disorder and now I really don't have it and you know the only people that could possibly deny that either of these two things I just said are true are those who just don't want to see it you know it's like my parents they just don't want to see it so it doesn't matter how much how clear how clearly you present a case to them they they go into denial they will refuse to see they will refuse to see the uh, what that what that evidence or what that information is pointing to but for any honest person any honest person who listens to me for long enough knows that I really did have borderline personality disorder and now I really don't and that's that's enormous because if I could do that guess what anybody can do that I'm not I'm not Superman I'm not a I don't have anything special about me you can do it too so I want to kind of be your lighthouse there in that sense I was once where you are I was suffering the same torment and agony and believe me there's nobody alive who was more unlikely to escape it I was a stubborn high pain tolerant son of a gun I had to suffer and lose a lot before I would take these things seriously I believed psychology was for pussies <laughs> and that uh, regardless nothing could ch- ever change who I was well I was right nothing could change who I was whoever you are is who you are but the problem at the root of all that you're dealing with does not involve who you are instead it involves things related to your learned attitudes and perceptions things you've learned to perceive so subtly and accurately that it's causing you to approach life in ways that can only result in incredible frustration and disorder so your job moving forward is to identify those subtly inaccurate foundation perceptions and correct them you know it's like learn to play certain notes wrong on a piano you don't have to become somebody else all you got to do is identify the notes that you learned wrong and learn them better now your task sounds a million times more simple than having to try to change who you are doesn't it well the last symptom is here to help you with that so hang in there don't think in discouraged ways think encouraged every one of us all the members of the last symptom have had to carry similar pains and burdens but you're now on the right path and the things that you learn from the work these pains and burdens are motivating you to explore is going to change your life forever and for the better that's why you can think encouraged and not discouraged let's talk about my groups for a little bit Facebook which is currently still existing but not active because I'm not accepting any new members there I haven't decided yet really how to handle that I've still got 15 to yeah between 15 to 50 people every week applying for the Facebook group and as I explained last week most of them are coming from articles that I wrote on a website years ago and I would love to be able to redirect them to my new 
social media platforms. The only problem is, is that when I've tried to do that, this website where these articles, where my articles are, uh, they, they ban me. They block me and close me out of out of their platform for two weeks as, a, as punishment for trying to do that. So you can see why I'm not just too fond of uh, these tech giants. So, um, but Facebook, you know, when I decided to leave it, was at nearly 6,000 members. Now, if I, I decided to start closing it down a couple months back, if I had kept it open, we would be over 6,000 members there. Now, get this. The last symptom.locals.com, in other words, the last symptom community on the locals platform, is over 200 members in just something like a month and a half. It's doing really well. And MeWe, which is my alternative, is where I took the Facebook group from from Facebook over to MeWe. And let me reiterate, this was because of Facebook's business policies. It has nothing to do with politics. That's all in your that's all in your head. Okay. But when I took everybody to MeWe and locals, uh, MeWe's doing well. But I'll be honest, uh, it's sort of dead at MeWe. I'm having to do all the talking on MeWe on the MeWe group. There are plenty of members there, but I I don't know what's going on there. People seem to prefer, people seem to greatly prefer the last symptom community on the locals platform, which I would have never predicted in a million years, but that's what people seem to prefer, and I'm happy to oblige them. Now, let me tell you why it's significant that I have so many people interested in joining the last symptom communities uh, both in the past and in the present the reason why it's significant is that I don't host any support groups these aren't places for people to come and bemoan their lot in life and wallow around in their misery with absolutely no constructive purpose except for the pointless purpose intentionally or not of generating a bunch of temporary and fleeting external affirmation from a bunch of total strangers. No, my work has only ever provided education groups. So they have, as their purpose, practical insights in the interest of full and permanent recovery from emotional unhealth. You know, borderline personality disorder being a kind of a central focus. But it's geared toward people who may not have ever realized that they were emotionally unhealthy before. But that must be given their chosen relationships with other emotionally unhealthy people. Do you understand what I'm describing here? So somebody comes to me and they're like, you know, you got to help this person. And I go, okay, well, what's, what's, uh, what sorts of emotional unhealth are you dealing with then? And that's when they go, wait a second. Me? But no, I'm normal. I'm, I'm a normal person. I go, uh-huh. So then why are you enabling this, 
this unhealthy person or why you want to be in a relationship with this unhealthy person. You see, I begin having them think of things that they've never thought of before and suddenly they realize, holy mackerel, I am as unhealthy as this person that I'm trying to help. You know, I don't purposely choose to spend my time making close friendships with blatant racists. Do you? <laughs> if, if I did do that, what would this just naturally reflect about the way my mind works? So this is what I mean when I often explain that emotionally healthy people don't willingly choose to get into committed relationships with other emotionally unhealthy people. The two ways of looking at life and living it are in stark conflict with one another. So people often come to me originally seeking answers about a partner and they end up learning more about themselves than they ever intended. And what they learn leads them to making dramatic changes in their lives on the way to authentic emotional health for themselves. And a naturally occurring product of authentic emotional health is what? It's authentic inner contentment. A naturally occurring product of authentic inner contentment is the ability to generate all the validation and self-confidence we need from within ourselves. Are you religious? Well, some of you are and some of you are not. This might bring you some comfort. Believing in God is not a requirement for emotional health. And um, as a God-fearing person myself, believe me, I wouldn't tell you this if it weren't true. Since if I had my druthers, all people would have a relationship with God. You know, I personally believe it's the only way to find complete fulfillment in life. But notice again what I said. I said that emotional health is not reliant on a belief in God. So I'm in the business of helping all people strive toward authentic emotional health and escape emotional disorders. So I don't bring God up anytime that, number one, I'm not sharing personal details about some of the issues I personally grappled with in my own recovery, or two, I'm not addressing issues related to recovery that are specific to those in my audience who do believe in God. But for those of you who do believe in God, let me just briefly say that emotional disorders like borderline personality disorder make healthy relationships with anybody impossible, including with God. And maybe you say, well, how can that be? God is love. He loves everybody. Well, this ain't about God's ability to love. What this is about is your ability to receive love, to believe in it, and have it influence the person that you are. At the root of these disorders is the subconscious or unconscious belief that you are devoid of inherent worth. That is, you're unlovable, not just unloved, but unlovable. Unlovable means that you're incapable of being loved. Do you see how destructive these underlying subconscious beliefs are on us? God your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your kids can all love you with greater love than anybody has ever been loved. And guess what? It will have no positive effect whatsoever 
on any person who is walking around with the underlying certainty that they are unlovable. People who live with the subconscious or unconscious belief that they're devoid of worth, I should say devoid of inherent worth, or unlovable, cannot receive love and accept it so that, so that their lives are full. And they most certainly cannot love themselves. Think, take some time and think about how people behave when they don't love themselves. And by contrast, imagine how do people naturally behave when they do genuinely love themselves. A look at your behaviors. Well, let's say this. A look at your behaviors and lifestyle. A look at anybody's behaviors and lifestyle. Will tell the truth about whatever the underlying perspectives are that they live with. So the only possibility for somebody who either subconsciously or unconsciously lives with the certainty that they do not have inherent worth is an estranged life of frustration and loneliness, a yearning for what is right there, but that they themselves cannot allow through. So everybody who joins the last symptom social media groups and begins to learn these insights for themselves and chooses to stay are all people working toward a common goal. It's the attitudes, intentions, and motivating force of the now thousands of people throughout my various groups which set the last symptom groups apart from all those other groups out there. So while other groups may have 50,000 participants or 100,000 participants, believe me, this is not a testament to the quality of those groups. Instead, it's a testament to the lack of direction, focus, and discipline of those groups. So, I hope to see you on the Last Symptom community on the Locals platform. If that's not your cup of tea, maybe I'll see you over on the Last Symptom group on MeWe, which is just a, a Facebook alternative. Folks, that's uh, where I'm going to leave off tonight. And hopefully I'm not running naked through the, the woods because i got a, a bear chasing me. But if I do, man, it'll make for a great story when I come back and see you guys right here on the Last Symptom Podcast next week. Same place, same time. You know, the show's publishing now consistently at 6 a.m. New York time every Thursday. You know that. You already knew that. Anyway, I hope you folks are having a wonderful week. And besides seeing you on the Last Symptom Podcast, you know, seeing, I say in air quotes, besides you hearing me on the Last Symptom Podcast, a week from now hopefully you'll begin taking advantage of those daily orange slice condensed video insights that I've been creating for y'all you folks have a wonderful week have a wonderful weekend and I'll I'll talk at you soon mm-hmm.